Hello and welcome to another episode of the AABIP Podcasts. On today's episode, we'll be uh, discussing the benefits and the downsides, uh, if there are any, of regional anesthesia for medical thoracoscopy or pleuroscopy. Our expert tonight is Rutuja Sikachi. Rutuja is a regional anesthesiologist, and she will be starting off at Northwell Health this summer. Rutuja, thank you so much for your time and uh, being with us on this podcast. Hi, Udit. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Do you have any relevant conflicts of interest that you would like to disclose before we get started? No, I don't have any. Awesome. So the views expressed on this podcast are those of Rutuja and mine only and not necessarily those endorsed by the AABIP. All right, Rutuja, let's get started. So what do you think is the benefit of a nerve block over good local anesthesia for medical thoracoscopy? Well, the obvious one is that nerve blocks specifically is going to target nerves and local infiltration means simply injecting into the skin and subcutaneous tissue. A technically properly placed nerve block is going to be long lasting as compared to the local. I mean, it's going to give you at least six to eight hours uh, of uh, anesthesia and analgesia, uh, even if you're using only a plain long acting local anesthetic. Uh, while good local anesthesia may be enough for this, these kind of procedures, uh, I think most of these patients, they still feel moderate to severe pain once they are in the PACU. And then they're going to require more opioids, as you know, which can give them nausea, vomiting. And then all this pain and nausea, vomiting, you cannot discharge these patients and they cannot go home. Again, increasing their PACU time and increasing the health costs for overall. So I think that's the major benefit with the uh, nerve blocks. Um, I do understand that there is the, I mean, I know there is a debate about the usefulness of regional anesthesia for these kind of procedures, especially medical pleuroscopy, because it's so minimally invasive. Um, many would say uh, just because of the nature of the surgery, it should not be as painful as VATS. But uh, there, there has been a study uh, by Wan et al., I believe, and they did uh, find that pain was the most common complication in their patient population who received pleuroscopy. So like WATS procedures, medical pleuroscopy patients, I think they should also uh, receive the multimodal and preemptive analgesia, uh, which will be combination of Tylenol, NSAIDs, or COX-2 inhibitors, whatever you choose, and then uh, uh, top it up with regional blocks. Uh, this will definitely provide some better patient satisfaction and patient outcomes. So we get good local analgesia at the site of the incision of the port. We get a long-lasting effect, so there is less pain in recovery. And then what about, uh, you know, during the pleuroscopy? So one of our concerns always is that we give local anesthesia at one site, but our biopsy uh -huh. points are at a different site. So we target the costal pleura for our biopsies mainly, and these mm -hmm. are supplied by the intercostal nerves. So do you think uh, that regional anesthesia will help cover these intercostal nerves and how? So I think, um, yeah, it depends on what block you choose. Uh, so first, let's dig into, uh, let's look into the thoracic wall uh, nerve anatomy first. So as we know, thoracic wall is primarily innervated by intercostal nerves, uh, which are, you know, the anterior ami of the spinal nerves coming out of T1 to T11. And then last one, which is T12, just becomes the subcostal nerve. Now, the intercostal nerves, they are part of the somatic nervous system. So they aid in the, obviously, they're supplying the intercostal muscles. 
but they also return the sensory information from same and along with the skin and the parietal pleura. Now these nerves, they we can block them uh, from um, for the multiple points uh, starting from back to the front. Uh, so there there are different kinds of blocks: paravertebral blocks, erectospinae block, as uh, which which are generally performed in the back. And then as we come forward, we can perform intercostal nerve block at the level of the angle of the rib. Uh, you can do the serratus anterior at mid axillary line. The reason I'm telling you this is because as you start coming forward, uh, the lateral cutaneous nerve, uh, uh, intercostal nerves are coming out as well. So the consistency with this anatomical nerve supply is seen between T1 to T6. They are pretty consistent. So if you are giving the block in between these levels, uh, I believe, uh, and especially if you're doing ESPs or paravertebral, they are going to cover some of the parietal uh, pleural pain as well. Um, we cannot say uh, same thing about the other ones as you start coming forward because the you can skip those branches and they may not get the local anesthetic and that way you can skip it. But again, having said, if you're doing the block in between these levels uh, and if you have the enough volume, you can catch those nerves and that way you can have the visceral pleura covered as well. So, so just to clarify for our listeners, what I was alluding to is our site of local anesthesia is different from our site of biopsy. We don't give local anesthesia near where we are taking a biopsy. Right. So you're saying that the more proximal blocks, as in the right. spinal and paravertebral blocks, are likely to give a broader range of neural coverage or right. uh, more nerves from caudal to cephalad and therefore are more likely to cover uh, more yeah more of the because pleura. you because you are catching these nerves at the roots itself and not towards the periphery so it's easier to cover a larger area with one block uh, while you cannot say or confidently about this you know as you start going outward as they start branching out it's very hard to catch everything in just one injection and then it becomes hard to cover but there are certain blocks which have uh, which are known to provide not just the somatic but also some visceral pain relief. You mentioned a few blocks: erector spinae, paravertebral, serratus anterior. So I presume all of these are ultrasound guided. When you do these, uh, is one more technically challenging than the other? Is one associated with more complications than the other? Uh, well, thanks to ultrasound, all of these blocks they are pretty. Uh, easy to perform. Again, I'm a regional anesthesiologist, so they all sound very easy and simple to me. Uh, but there were days when there, there was no ultrasound and some of these blocks uh, we were using, we were just using the landmark techniques to perform these blocks. And uh, the success rate was not so great at that time. But using the ultrasound uh, not just increases the success rate, it also decreases the uh, adverse events which can happen or complications which can come with these blocks. So um, I mentioned, uh, I mean, I think I can think of four different blocks which can be useful here. Uh, one of them is a paravertebral block and then the electrospinate block. These two blocks are performed very close to the um, vertebral column and uh, they are technically a little bit advanced. So you need an expert to perform these blocks. A paravertebral block comes under the one of the deeper blocks, and uh, you need to follow the ASRA guidelines for that, if, especially if your patient's on anticoagulation, so that comes in picture. But uh, that 
for other blocks, you necessarily don't have to follow these anticoagulation uh, guidelines. And given that they're coming for the surgery, I'm sure they're already off the anti, uh, you know, anticoagulation. The uh, complication-wise, I would say with paravertebral block, there is a risk of the drug going into the intrathecal space or the epidural space. And that can give some of uh, your patient like pericardia, hypotension, and then these patients cannot go home. Uh, they need to be monitored, uh, obviously, in the hospital. Um, give a, so in contrast, the erectrospinae, which will be covering the similar kind of area and similar, uh, will be giving you some uh, parietal and somatic analgesia. At the same time, it doesn't carry all these complications with it. There is no risk of intrathecal spread or there's no risk of uh, epidural spread or even uh, deeper hematoma problems with these blocks. So uh, erector spine is relatively safer uh, as compared to the paravertebral block. And then, as I said, as you start going out, then there is an intercostal nerve block. Uh, the problem with intercostal nerve block, because you're injecting local anesthetic in a very rich vascular area and one injection is not enough, generally you probably have to cover at least, give at least three to four levels um, injections. So three to four injections are there. And that increases the risk for LAST, which is also known as local anesthetic systemic toxicity. And uh, that's something uh, everybody should keep in, uh, keep in the back of their mind that, okay, there is a possibility of that here. And overall, all of these blocks, they carry the risk of pneumothorax, but I really don't think that should be a problem because anyways, you're entering in that same side of the space and you're making sure there's no pneumothorax. And even if it is there, um, I'm sure you guys put a you know chest tube in and at the end of it, you make sure there's no pneumothorax or anything like that. So I don't think the risk is very, very low. And even if it is there, um, I think it's very easily managed in, this, in these patients. So it's my understanding that you have some experience doing uh, these blocks. So which one is your favorite and why? I like uh, two of them, actually. Uh, so one, I don't like intercost. I'm not going to say I don't like. I just don't uh, like the, the idea of giving three, four injections in a patient who's not properly sedated or who's not under anesthesia. So I don't like to perform intercostal nerve blocks. Um, there are two options I generally go for. One is a serratus anterior, which is more anterior, and then there's the erectus mini. Um, if patient is amenable, if I thought the patient's cooperative and they can handle the uh, needling, uh, because the erector spine is kind of deeper related to the serratus anterior, uh, there is little more muscle needling involved. So patient may have little discomfort. So if they can't tolerate that, I would go for it. Uh, I will discuss uh, all the risks and benefits. I always warn my patients that uh, when I'm injecting, when I'm going inside, they may feel little pressure, uh, especially when the pleura is moving away as I start injecting it, that can be painful in cert certain patients uh, for the like patients who have chronic inflammation ongoing. So um, if I have to choose, I generally choose from serratus anterior or erector spinae. And what drugs do you use when you administer these blocks? Uh, Drug-wise, so obviously we use uh, longer-acting um, local anesthetic, that would be ropivacaine or bupivacaine. Um, there is a levobupivacaine, but I don't think, uh, I have never used it. Then um, the concentration, the drug dose, first of all, I calculate the drug dose, which is about 2 to 2.5 milligram per kilogram for a given patient. And um, 
because I want to use it as an anesthetic and not just analgesic, I try to keep the concentration on a higher side. So it would be about 0.5%. And if I have to dilute it down, it would be 0.375%. Uh, any any lower than that, I just think it just becomes an analgesic block. It's just going to give them a good analgesia. Uh, and it, it may not be sufficient for the procedure itself. And then uh, that has to be reinforced again with the local infiltration or the patient may need general anesthesia or deeper sedation for that matter. So, um, yeah, those are the drugs I would use, the longer acting ones. And if I want to prolong the block, then there are uh, ways to do it. One is epinephrine. Uh, you can add dexamethasone, which is one of the steroids that can also prolong the block, uh, reliably prolong the block. We know that. And then there are some reports about using Presidex or clonidine, but I think because these patients are going home and they are ambulatory, there is a risk. There is a risk with uh, bradycardia and hypotension with these drugs, uh, though that risk is less. Uh, I try not to use uh, these two medications. Uh, as an adjunctive for my nerve blocks, if I know the patient's going home. This has been fantastic, Rutuja. Just to cap it off, uh, as you mentioned, every block needs uh, some good uh, sedation to keep the patient comfortable as well. Mm -hmm. So during these pleuroscopies, what's your favorite sedation analgesia cocktail? Frankly, I have not. I have never required to use anything beyond propofol and uh, uh, said. So... Generally, how I proceed with these cases is I go talk to interview my patient, get the consent, uh, see how they are, um, I mean, how their tolerance is with the pain and et cetera. And if their physical uh, status, if um, I can sedate them outside and if they require sedation for the block, I would just do it outside in the holding area or in the pre-op area. I would do the block. So by the time they get in, the block is nicely set in. It takes about five to 15 minutes for the block to set in nicely, densely. And then once they are inside, once they have positioned themselves, um, I just titrate in some propofol. Um, I like to ask my proceduralist to uh, check the area of the incision as well, like using a sharp instrument or maybe a little local injection. And if patient moves or flinches with that, then I just give them a little small dose of fentanyl, maybe like 25 or 50 micrograms, nothing beyond. And then I just titrate in my propofol uh, throughout the procedure. Because as we know, we have to maintain their uh, spontaneous ventilation, which is the crux of this entire procedure. Um, so once I give them block and once it's nicely set, uh, rarely I require anything beyond propofol for these patients. This is awesome, uh, Rutuja. Thank you so much. And you know your views are greatly appreciated on a space that is uh, pretty research uh, or data scarce. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me here again and giving me this opportunity.